Sammy is right now, and I have no problem saying this, Sammy is the top performer in this entire industry right now. That's how good Sammy is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. Extreme Rules is right around the corner. Vic's over in Europe somewhere getting hitched, so of course I need a little help steering this ship, but like a very short man in a very large diesel pickup truck. I am overcompensating. I am here to make sure that we get through the end of this episode successfully, so I've enlisted the help of a real-life superhero. He is a WWE legend, someday soon-to-be Hall of Famer. He is a current producer behind the scenes for WWE. You may know him best as the force of nature known as the Hurricane. Shane Helms, good morning, Hurricane. How are you? I'm doing great, man. That's a spectacular introduction, man. I appreciate you. I'm I'm trying to stroke your ego right off the bat. I, I find that that works well with guests. I need you for the whole duration of this episode to help me uh, avoid the iceberg that I face every single week. So I'm trying to really, really get you to the top of your game before we embark on this journey. Before you tear me down? It's coming at the end? That's right. Okay. I'm used to that. I'm used to that. There's part of me that's still waiting. There's still a bone, I'm sure, that you've been waiting to pick with me publicly for several years now. We'll we'll hopefully get there. I've got uh, Alex Metz, our producer on the line, waiting, standing by to help us with all of the goings-on inside the WWE universe. But before we get there, how's things? How's life? What is life like, like for the hurricane these days? Uh, well, for this particular hurricane, <laughs> they're really good. For the hurricane that's, uh, you know, tearing shit up down south, I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, send some, some positive vibes to everybody down there having to deal with all that. Yes, yes, please. Uh, you know, after, uh, after Katrina hit in Louisiana, I don't know if I ever told you this, we were like the... WWE is one of the first major events to go back to that area. And so I went to I went to Johnny Ace and I was like, maybe I don't need to be on this show. And he was, he was like, why? And I'm like, I don't know if you've watched the news lately, but I mean, you know, I was, and I was just trying to be sensitive. And he's like, oh, you're a superhero. And I'm like, okay. You know, I go out there, they play my music and they booed me out of the damn building. But Dang, dang. Well, to be fair, just so everybody knows, this this appearance was booked weeks ago. This was this was not not meant to be cute or clever. This was this was booked for weeks. I just went to the hill and I said, "Kick my ass, man." On May tenth, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. 
So Shane, a lot of people who recognize you from what you've done in front of the camera aren't familiar, aren't aware with the role and responsibility of being a producer backstage with WWE, which is where you find yourself these days. If you could kind of compare and contrast your point of view on the business from being a competitor as you were for so many years to at such a high level to doing what you do now. It's a little different, you know, when you're, when you're a talent, you really only got to worry about yourself, your segment, your one match of that evening, you know. If you're a producer, like say on a live event, you got to worry about the whole show. So there's definitely a lot more responsibilities, a lot more worries. But, you know, um, in my career and why I even liked wrestling to begin with, I like the totality of the show. You know, I didn't like just the main event. I like the whole thing. So that really helps me as a producer. So I'm not just worried about how's my segment? Why is my segment not the main event? You know, I want my segment to be the best it can be no matter what. But understanding that there's a much bigger story being told throughout the show and things like that, there's a lot of ways it's different. It's, it's a, a kind of a difficult position to explain all that we do, you know, uh, without just following us around and watching it. You know, you got easy nights, you got some nights. This past Monday, uh, what was the match I had? I had Ray Mysterio and Seth Rollins. You know, when you got two talents like that, you know, that's kind of almost a night off. You know, when right. you got two world-class talents. It's kind of, those matches can be easy sometimes. Uh, but this, if the story's deeper, they can get more difficult. It's only tough, and this is as a talent too, it's only tough when you're working with people who aren't as talented. That's really your toughest matches and your toughest assignments. Pulling double duty, trying to drag someone along across the finish line, much like uh, much like you and Alex are going to do for me this this particular week on ATB. What, what was one of the biggest... Uh, realizations you had, or maybe something that you didn't know about the business, despite the time you had put in once you stepped into this new role? Was there something that you learned that you never really looked at because you were just looking at it through talent's eyes for so long? It wasn't something I didn't know, but it was just really magnified, uh, especially in WWE. But also, you know, I was a producer in uh, TNA for a little while or two. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know you did that there. It was more magnified here. In, in, in WWE, just the amount of people that help out. I mean, the behind the scenes, that production crew is insane. They, and they don't get enough credit. I don't know how you ever could give them the credit they all deserve. You know, but when you're putting together a crazy match and you're going to need this and you're going to need that and you're going to need all these things. And just as a talent, I knew. I knew my camera guys. You know, I knew Rico. I knew Marty. I knew Stu. I knew all of the guys, you know, because I know that camera's got to find me. You know, and you know, you, but you just don't know how many other things are involved. Elaborate that on that a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off real quick, Shane. Just talk to me about, you said, let the camera find you. And I know there are, there are a lot of, of, you know, NXT superstars listen to this. And I'm sure a lot of up and coming talent on the, on the independence. When you talk about being in the ring and letting the camera find you, what do you mean by that? We know in WWE, cause it's been drilled into our heads, but that's something that I never heard of until I got here. Well, it's kind of a combination of things like you need to know, like everybody needs to know what that hard cam is. That's that one camera that's set position that's not going to move around. You need to know where that's at, but you also need to know where the other ones are at. And if you're going to take a moment, you don't want to you don't want to let the crowd know that you're actually posing for the camera. But that's exactly what you're doing. Right. You're doing something and you hold you're holding your position so that camera can find you. And in a normal life. You know, if you were reacting to something, it would be really quick. You know, you're like, ah, whatever. You move on. 
But on TV, you got to hold that pose and you got to hold that expression for a couple seconds so that camera finds you and then it resonates with the audience. Because that's what builds the drama. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there are spectacular moves. The physicality is a huge aspect of the business. But I know in WWE, it, it is instilled in us very early. Your face makes your money. You make your money and tell your stories and emote. Yeah, if you look at Rock Hogan just standing there, and the camera, when they were doing that, you know, very famous face-off where they're looking to the crowd and looking back, the camera doesn't have to move a lot. And you didn't need cutaways in that, just that kind of slow zoom in. And then they both know exactly where that hard cam is. And they know exactly what this audience is doing. And so just that slow looking back. And, you know, they're making sure they look toward the hard cam. But you don't need to look that directly into it. You don't need to break the wall. But that that's just, that's a really great example of it. Do you ever find yourself uh, as a producer in a producer's role getting frustrated or vice versa? Has, has it reinvigorated your passion in, as a guy who spent the majority of your life in this business from a very, very young age, again, at a very high level, do, do you find yourself wanting to go, well, hey, this is how I do it, or this is how I did it, or, or was there an adjustment period for that? Uh, you do that a little bit, but you got to be careful because you don't want to, you know, I don't want people to say, hey, be me. Don't, you know, you don't need to do that. You got, everybody has to be themselves, but there's definitely things that worked for me. And so if I have that experience, if I've already went through that experience for you, you can learn just from my words instead of having to do it yourself, you know, but you also have to recognize, and this is where some producers uh, I had difficulties with in the past, and I try not to like do their mistakes is I can't be you either. You know what I mean? Like I had, uh, you know, we had producers that weren't really characters when I came in and became the hurricane. So they had no advice for me because they had never done what I was doing and what I was trying to do. And that's where that difficulty, my difficulties with producers really grew from because, you know, they never had to just go from, you know, what I was at Sugar Shane was completely different than what I was doing as hurricane. It was worlds apart. And I had never done anything quite like hurricane before, you know, not many people, went from, you know, being just a, a wrestler to this crazy character overnight, you know, so it was really difficult. And so I try to come from a place of experience. Hey, I have done this and this might work, but also I'm very accepting. Hey guys, you don't have to do this. This is just an idea. And if you say no, that's fine. And we'll see what works. But I really love it when they do it and it works. Yeah. <laughs> and it's never, it's never, it's never, I told you, it's almost like, Ooh, I'm glad it worked. I dodged <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, I dodged that one. But I'll tell you this, though. When I, I was so confident in my work as a performer, I knew if it was good or bad out there. You know, and I came through the back. I didn't need nobody to tell me if it was good or bad. I knew. And I'm sure, Corey, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you stink the joint up or if you blow the roof off, you know. I've never blown the roof off. I've stunk plenty of joints out. But I, I imagine, <laughs> I hear it's fun. I hear it's a good feeling. But no matter what I did, when I came back, I was still like, oh, you know, good. On to the next one. As a producer, man, I will be so excited on that headset, man. And when it goes good and these guys are out there killing it and especially people that haven't had a moment yet. And now they are. I am so I am more happier for them walking through that curtain than I ever was walking, for myself walking through the curtain. You get that proud pop of you know, vibe, right? It, it really is, you know, and uh, I, that's the one thing that caught me off guard. I never I thought I would enjoy this job. I didn't think I would love it. And I, and I absolutely do. And it's because of that. It's that feeling. Adam's got a, uh, Adam Pierce recorded me one time and I forget who it was. It was some talent I'm working with and I'm on headset and I'm going through the emotions with him. And I'm like, and I'm doing all this crazy. 
And he's sitting over there filming me on his iPhone. <laughs> I really didn't know I was doing it. I was just so into it and trying to give him my energy, you know, uh, to do whatever it was that we worked. And uh, yes, yeah, so I, I really get into it on headsets sometimes. Was being a producer ever something you envisioned doing? And, and I only ask this because you are unique in the, in the fact that you are one of very few superstars who have so wildly successfully merged the entertainment aspect with the wrestling aspect. And you had a great deal of success, you know, obviously when, when you were competing in the ring. But a lot of people... They want intensity. Everything's got to be a serious fight, hardcore all the time, uh, uh, blood, hate, anger. But on the polar opposite end of the spectrum, which is also, to your point, about the totality of the show, is the entertainment factor. And you, you're you not the biggest guy in the world, but you were in there with The Rock, with Stone Cold, and you held your own and were taken seriously as a character, while the character, for all intents and purposes, was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. How, how did you find that that happy medium? There was a lot of uh, experimentation in the beginning. And luckily, I had Pat Patterson, uh, one of the top two greatest producers of all time, Michael Hayes being the other one. The rest of us are just trying to uh, compete with those two. But it was a lot of trial and error, you know, because uh, I had to wrestle down to be the hurricane, to make the character work. If I wrestled too good, I would lose the crowd sometimes. You really? Know? And that was a weird thing to do. Because if you saw how I wrestled as Sugar Shane, and then on the bookend of that, how I wrestled as Gregory Helms when I became the heel, just two com completely different styles. And and what I heard all the time is, man, Sugar Shane was really good. And Hurricane was funny, but, man, Sugar Shane was better. And Hurricane was funny, but, man, Gregory Helms was better. Well, that's how I made the Hurricane work. If I was too good. If we're judging on who is better, who made the most money? <laughs> Oh, definitely. Definitely 100% Hurricane. Those Gregory Helms action figures did not fly off the show <laughs> at all in any regard. But and I would try to remind people, I was like, you know, the same Tom Hanks that did Philadelphia is the same Tom Hanks that did Big. We're the same guy. But like even people in creative, in the own company I work with, in, in the best of ways, for the Hurricane so much that that became all I, all I could do when it wasn't all I could do. I was just so good at the guy guy that they kind of forget that, hey, man, this guy was this guy can still wrestle. And that was really why the, the heel turn to Gregory Helms happened. It was more of me. I'd done, you know, I did the hurricane for way longer than anybody thought it was going to be, you know, it, and I exceeded all expectations. But then I was really stuck. Okay, he's the funny guy. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I can do that, but I can also do this other thing. And that's why, you know, that's why the heel turn happened. And I remember Arn Anderson, maybe two or three weeks in, uh, I did some match and came back and he's like, damn kid, I forgot how good you were. And I was like, thanks, Arn. And then I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? But that summed it up. Even creative, even the producers forgot who Shane Helms was because of how good I was at the hurricane. So it, it had its ups and downs. Well, you definitely got to put that point of view to use this past year at WrestleMania when I know you had a big hand in producing many, many magical, memorable WrestleMania moments. Uh, want to talk to you in a few minutes about Logan Paul. Got a lot to get to regarding him. I know you had a hand in that match. But the one that stands out to me, and we've talked about it, here we are all these months later, was Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Which on paper, I even said it here on this podcast, on paper, I'm going, this isn't going to work. How does this happen? How does anybody take this seriously? Yet in the wake of WrestleMania, a lot of people would say and agree wholeheartedly that match stole the show the whole weekend. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. 
from your perspective, you are handed this information. Shane, this is what you are responsible for at the showcase of the Immortals, the biggest event of the year. No pressure. How do you handle that? Well, you know, somehow I kind of got tasked with, you know, handling the celebrities whenever they did special appearances. And before I even go any further, I, also, I think it's weird at this day and age that we can call them celebrity matches because WWE's on TV three nights a week. We're celebrities. Too. <laughs> that is true. So I, I want a different term for celebrity matches because we're just as big of a celebrity. It is as funny. As- you have WWE superstars throwing out the first pitches or doing guest starring roles on TV shows or whatever. We're the celebrities then. But in our world, it's almost like, no, dirty. That's a bad word. Yeah. So I want to think of a different phrase uh, for that. But um, I had so that weekend I had uh, Logan Paul and The Miz versus The Mysterious at WrestleMania weekend. I also had Sami Zayn against Johnny Knoxville. So uh, by no stretch of this, I had the most difficult assignment of all the producers. That was just a really daunting task. But we we all put in a lot of hard work. And I will tell you, Johnny Knoxville put in the work. So dear Logan, and we'll talk about Logan in the future, but Johnny worked really hard. Uh, Johnny just isn't quite the athlete that Logan was. But the what he made up for that in entertainment and charisma was just off the charts. And, and Sammy is... Sammy is right now, and I have no problem saying this, Sammy is the top performer in this entire industry right now. Wow. Uh, that's how good Sammy is. Sammy is just checking. The, now, he's it's daunting sometimes. So, you know, <laughs> Sammy has a reputation. Right. right. <laughs> it, he'll, he'll drive you bananas, but the end result is, is always a, a home run or a grand slam. You know, and that definitely was a grand slam. He was the perfect guy for that. Uh, his personality and Johnny's, they were so innocent. Whatever you know to each other. <laughs> Antithetical. <laughs> yeah, I got stuck. I gave up. On I that. knew you where see, you were I going, though. Two, Thank God. two syllables in, I was like, I'm done with that one. <laughs> and just use, utilizing all, this, all the uh, members of the Jackass crew, uh, all of these gadgets, you know. And I wasn't really known for being a hardcore wrestler. <laughs> you know, that wasn't my forte. Even though I'm only one of two people to be a hardcore champion in WCW and WWE. Johnny the Bull is the other one. We're the only two guys that hold it both. So, uh. That being said, that's still not my forte, but, you know, using weapons and stuff. And but it it just all came together like so crazy and just a, a lot of creativity from everybody involved. And that was just a massive team effort. So you talk about the production crew, man, we got to get these weapons in place. We got to, you know, have lighting effects and and all this kind of stuff. With the, And then the big hand has to come out at the right time. And, you know, you got a gigantic human sized mousetrap, which by the so the mousetrap, the human mousetrap was actually my idea. Me and Knoxville were hanging out in Miami at a bar. And I don't know exactly what set it up, but I was like, yeah, we should just get a giant mousetrap and catch Sammy with it. That's and then amazing. it turned into we were looking at each other. And it was like, that's a good idea. And he got <laughs> right on his phone right away. It's like, I'm getting it done. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. And he, I stay in touch with him. He stays in touch. He's such a great guy, Johnny Knoxville. And he... You know, uh, I hope to see him back one day. There's, there's a lot more to be done. With I agree with you. I thought, I thought I only got to chat with him briefly, but he he was just a fun to be around. The whole Jackass crew was absolutely awesome. I, I, I really enjoyed having those guys around. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. 
It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. I want to shift gears. We're going to talk about Logan Paul because we are approaching the biggest Logan Paul match of all time, but to help us, because I know we could always use a little bit of extra help, even as successfully as we have gotten to this point, Shane, please welcome in our producer, Alex Metz. Alex is a big hurricane guy. He was begging me, texting me all week. He was like, Hey, when, when hurricanes on, can I be on, on the show? So here you go, Alex. This is a nice (laughs) altruistic move on my part. Thank you, Corey. You're kinder than you get credit for. Hurricane, nice to meet you. Uh, Thank you for being on the show today. Let's talk about Logan Paul and Roman Reigns here coming up. So, of course, we have Extreme Rules coming up uh, a week from this coming Saturday. But uh, looking past that to Saturday, November 5th at the Crown Jewel, uh, Roman Reigns will be defending his, let me try this, Graves, because I know this one always gets you tongue-tied, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Did I get it right? You got it. Okay, perfect. So we'll be defending that against uh, Logan Paul. Uh, so Logan has impressed in all of his uh, attempts at, at, at hopping into the ring so far uh, on, on big stages, mind you, of course, uh, SummerSlam uh, and also uh, WrestleMania. So now he's going to get his shot at the, at the title. Uh, I'm going to ask you both, and I'll start with Graves here. Uh, do you like someone like Logan Paul challenging for the top title in our business at, at what two three matches into his wwe career how, how do you feel about that as far as what's being presented on television right if now? you would ask me that very same question 10 years ago 11 years ago when i first started in the company as a developmental wrestler in fcw i would have said this is garbage i hate it i can't stand it this guy hasn't paid his dues this guy doesn't belong i would have given you 75 reasons why it was a bad idea Now, sitting where I sit, having experienced this machine in this capacity for as long as I have and sat ringside for countless hours of matches and moments and memories, now I have a completely different point of view and I love it because of the business aspect of it. We talk all the time, even the fans like to say, oh, he's the best in the business, the business. Oh, the business is in a good position right now. It's it's looking healthy. People forget the business part of the wrestling world. Yes, we love great matches. Yes, we love great characters. Logan Paul is a great character. He may not have been a WWE creation or a pro wrestling world creation, but 
Logan Paul is a character. He is polarizing. He makes you feel some type of way, whether you love him or you hate him. You're either going to tune in because you love Logan Paul and you listen to Impulsive and you think he and his brother are the greatest things since sliced bread and you're sure he's going to knock off Roman Reigns or you're watching so Roman Reigns can smash him for your enjoyment. It does, it makes you feel, the, the worst thing you can have in this business is apathy. Shane, I think you'll agree with me. You got to feel some kind of way. I love it. I, and, and what we've seen in small glimpses, small doses of what Logan Paul is physically capable of, the dude's got all the tools. There is not, not a doubt in my mind. I mean, you watch WrestleMania. If you still didn't believe, watch SummerSlam. You're going to be out there. Logan Paul is going to step up. This is going to be big. And I actually love it. I can't believe I'm saying that. But after all these years, I love it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to disagree with Corey in, in any regard with that, you know. Uh, and two, if you think about it from uh, from a work point of view, Logan's got more of an amateur background than most of your favorites. That's true. That is true. He stepped on a wrestling mat. A lot of your favorites never step foot on a wrestling mat. Yeah. You know, so, and pro wrestling is just, you get paid to wrestle. What's your, that's what pro means. So <laughs> this guy was a wrestler and now he gets paid for it. He's a professional wrestler. That's just how it makes, you know, um. He's super talented, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I was surprised at the match. I will say that. I didn't expect Logan and Roman. But then again, I think the last year, everything's been a surprise. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I don't think it's been a, more, a crazier year in the history of the industry than the last uh, year. But, man, I, I'm excited about what's going to happen here. You know, and uh, I'll be going to Puerto Rico training with Logan pretty soon and uh, down in uh, uh, the PC as well. And he's going to have to step it up because, you know, well, I said I think Sammy's the best performer going today. There's still the number one, the top star, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is Roman Reigns. Of course. And so that's going to be – that's the deep end of the of, – not the deep end of the pool. That's the deep end of the ocean. He's going into the, the Mariana Trench with Roman Reigns, and that's going to be – man, the, the nerves, to handle those nerves. I mean, just imagine if you're a wrestler, and I know, Corey, a lot of the talents listen to your show. Remember how nervous you were your first match? Absolutely. His first match was at WrestleMania. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wrestled in a barn in West Virginia in front of about 11 people, and I was terrified. I, I got you. I wrestled in a town called Saxopa Hall, North Carolina, okay. which barely exists on a map. Sounds made up. And a grand old armory, as they call them. Uh, so, I mean, his first match was at uh, WrestleMania. His second match was at SummerSlam. You know, just, you know, the, the kid handles pressure. So Agreed. I love the fact that he's there. It's, it's weird, but not everybody's past the same. And I got away from that a long time ago. You know, I was never one of those veterans that because my road was hard, I think your road needs to be. You know, it might have made me tougher mentally in, in that particular area, but it doesn't make another talent less than because they didn't have to go through that. And I've never been of that mentality. So I think it's an important perspective. I had to learn that. And I know that a lot of us did back. Like I always harken back to the FCW days. That was kind of the, the purveying mentality. Uh, Shane, I know you're a big combat sports, boxing, MMA fan. Uh, does this give you sort of vibes like what's going on throughout the rest of the combat sports world with these, not only the Paul brothers, the Paul brothers sort of laid the template for it to be done, but now you've got celebrity boxing. You've got athletes boxing. You've got an athlete fighting someone from a different sport. It's becoming a lot more common. Do you think this could be a more common occurrence in WWE if this is a wild success? I mean, I hope so because it's WWE. I mean, all the Paul brothers did was copy WWE's, you know, model. You know, I mean, from WrestleMania, the very first one, bringing in Mr. T and stuff like that. 
you know, um, WWE's had celebrities from day one. And even before that, you know, Muhammad Ali got in the ring with Gorilla Monsoon, wherever that happened, you know, the stories like that. But, you know, Jake Paul and, and Logan both, Jake specifically, I think they really, they took WWE and they combined it with the Floyd Mayweather approach of, I'm going to sell tickets even if you hate me. It doesn't matter. Just buy the tickets. But that's been progressing since day yeah, one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I don't know why. Hearing you say that, I'm going, wow, you're absolutely right. How did I not see that? But you, you are right. WWE was doing this before it became pop culture recently. Yeah, so I, and and they're brilliant. You know, they bought more interest in the boxing. You know, other other than them, I think I watched. I used to be the biggest boxing fan in the world, and I don't know what happened. But other than the Paul brothers and you know Tyson Fury, I don't think I've watched much in the last you know five years. Other than what the Paul brothers have been doing, I thought they've they've really you know brought a lot of interest outside interest. You know, and and that's why you want to bring a guy like Logan Paul to WWE. You know, to bring those outside eyeballs and those outside eyeballs might become new fans. And then people in WWE are becoming fans of Logan Paul. You could hear it in the reactions at SummerSlam, you know, because, I, you know, uh, leading into that, you know, I, I heard everything and I see the tweets, you know, they're going to hate him. There's no way they're going to cheer Logan Paul. It's not going to happen. I was like, all right, we'll see. We'll see. And they did. I mean, was he the biggest baby face of the night? No. But they did cheer him at times. And that was the goal. So. He's got all the tools. Do you think, Hurricane, that because of the Paul brothers' backgrounds is is the reason why we're seeing uh, this match between him and Roman uh, sort of presented in a way that's more like a prize fight, that's more like a, like a heavyweight boxing fight? You know, of course, we had the press, the big press conference with the Bloodline and the Paul and his crew. Uh, do you think that's what what they're one of the tools that they're trying to use in Logan's arsenal to try and get people eyeballs on this match? Well, one hundred percent. It's not Roman Reigns against Jim Carrey. You know, uh, Logan Paul did go the distance with Floyd Mayweather. You know, size discrepancies, you know, regardless, he did get in there. He is a, he is a professional fighter, you know, with an athletic background. So it's it's more that he's really unique in that aspect. You know, there are some, again, celebrities, which I, you know, I know I said I don't want to use that term, but that we brought in that these guys aren't athletes, you know, and, or at least they'll pass their athletic prime. And, and you know, we brought in uh, William Shatner and stuff like that. You know, that's different. You know, Logan Paul is an actual athlete. So, I mean, that's no different than if Tyson actually had a match back in the day. If Tyson were good enough to be a pro wrestler when, you know, that thing with Austin happened, I can assure you there would have been an Austin-Mike Tyson match. Man, what could have been? <laughs> Let's move on then, guys. Uh, good, Really great stuff on Logan and Roman then. Hurricane, you kind of answered this question a little bit earlier when talking about working with Sami Zayn, but... Screw it. Let's go down this road again. Uh, this past Friday night on SmackDown, we saw Sami Zayn sort of pseudo become an official member of the Bloodline, I think, uh, with his uh, receiving of the honorary Oos t-shirt from Roman Reigns. Uh, so let me start with you. And I think I know the answer to this because you maybe said it earlier. But uh, is there anyone in WWE right now that you think is more entertaining than Sami Zayn? And tell me why yes or tell me why no. But I think I know the answer. Sami's the, the number one act right now. You know, he just checks. He can do anything. He can be funny. He can be serious. When he had that sad face on this past Friday, people were legitimately sad. Yeah. You know, there was a moment when you're like, oh, no, don't do it. And I tweeted this out. It reminded me, Corey, tell, tell me if you agree. It reminded me of when the horseman kicked out Sting. Sting, yes. <laughs> and because I was a huge horseman fan, and they, they became baby faces at the time, just to give some, uh, you know, context to this. 
And they weren't great baby faces. No, no. <laughs> Literally the worst baby faces. But, you know, you finally got to cheer for the horsemen, so that was fun. And then they had Sting with them. It's like, oh, man, this is cool. This really works. And you know it's coming. You know the horsemen. You know they're going to turn on him. It's only a matter of time. The clock's ticking. But you want just a couple more weeks, just a couple more months of Sting with the horsemen. And when they turned on him, man, I was like, I hated Ole Anderson in that moment so bad. I hated him more than anybody I'd ever hated up until that point. <laughs> and so when they were kicking Sammy out, or we thought they were, you know, when he ripped the shirt off and Jay ripped that shirt off so quick, <laughs> like the words were barely out of Roman's mouth. And Jay teleported over there because he was over yeah, here. He didn't actually take any and then steps. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. I'm over here now. Yeah. <laughs> off comes the shirt, ripped it off. And Sammy was so sad and his face was so sad. And then, you know, of course, uh, he gets the honorary Ooh shirt, which is going to sell. It's already selling. I'm sure. Pockets. I'm sure. But I'm going to have one. 100% I'm going to have me an honorary <laughs> Ooh shirt. I think it's just a testament to Sammy and his ability as a performer to be with the hottest act, which, Hurricane, you could probably speak to this, can be a curse and a blessing. If you are with the hottest act in the business and you're up to their level, it's great. Everybody wins. Everybody makes money. If you're around the top act, and you're not pulling your weight, that does not bode well for you personally or professionally. Sammy comes out here, and we know what Sammy's capable of from a wrestling perspective. As a wrestler, he's fantastic. He's, he's amazing. But Sammy right now is doing the Lord's work with entertainment and telling stories and emoting. Sammy isn't out there having, I mean, he had a great match with AJ Styles on Monday night, but that's not what people are into Sammy for right now. People are taking this journey with Sammy. And I think a lot of people may not want to admit it. Okay, think about what you just think about what you just said. That's what I dealt with as the hurricane. Right. They didn't want to see me wrestle. Right. And so here this is a prime example going back to that. That's where he's gonna have to he's gonna have to walk that fine line there. Exactly, exactly. And I, I just I think the fact that we're here while we've got Roman, who is the longest reigning champion in however many decades, we've got the Usos or the, maybe the best tag team of all time. Solo Sokoa bursts on the scene. He is going to be money. Trust me, sooner rather than later. And we're talking about Sami Zayn. That's, that's, that is brilliant. That is a testament to what Sami's been able to create. It really is, because the bigger the star, the bigger the shadow they cast. Correct. And you, it's very easy to get lost in big shadows. So Sami not only, to your point, isn't getting lost. He's standing out, and he's shining all by himself. You know, if he's in a promo by himself, it's good. If him and Roman are in there talking together, you know, and, then, and you see Jay's, and Jay, too, I, yes. I can't stress enough how great a performer Jay is, you know, and, and Jimmy, too. You know, but Jay kind of had that singles run by right. himself where he really stood out. And, man, his facials, you know, just con don't over express and don't over emote just enough. They, they're so real. Like, and I'll, I mean, and Jimmy's Jimmy's good. And Paul, you know, Paul can't be touched on the microphone. You know, you just got so many powerful performers there. And like I said, Sammy is still the one I'm focusing on the most. It's, it's, it's a testament to the guy. With Sammy sticking out as much as we as he has, like let's, you know, obviously we just gave him his flowers big time. So let's let's back up a little bit. Yeah, Sammy sucks. Let's go. <laughs> other than no, other other than Sammy, what guys or gals on the screen right now um are sticking out and and maybe not as at the level that Sammy is, but maybe in a similar way where you're just like, wow, they're firing it on all all cylinders or they're super entertaining right now, or or I'm just loving everything that they're doing. All the bloodline is good, you know, never a bad match with those guys. The Prophets, I think, hit a home run every single time they're out there. Yes. Uh, no matter what goes on. 
AJ Styles, of course, always a home run hitter. Uh, I think Dolph is a guy that we still haven't capitalized on uh, the way he can be, even at this point. There's still a lot to be done with with Dolph. I'm interested in Gargano and to see how he evolves uh, going forward. You know, he's he's part of one of the many surprises that have happened recently. Uh, I love Chad Gable and the Alpha Academy and the whole shush thing and. I'm so glad that's developed. Anytime he's on the microphone, too, that that ends up being really well. Corey, any any standouts on your end? I'll I will tell you two people in particular who have recently stood out to me, uh, and will most likely stand out to the majority of the WWE universe tonight on the season premiere of SmackDown. Sheamus and Gunther. Gunther in particular, he's he's the new shiny toy on on in WWE. Sheamus has just been old faithful. We had Seamus on the show last week, and he said it's taken him 13 years to finally get to this point, but he feels like he's at the top of his game. What those two did in Cardiff at Clash at the Castle was, for my money, one of the best, most entertaining, hard-hitting matches we've had in a long time in WWE. I can't wait to see what those two dudes create on SmackDown tonight for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, as far as consistent performers, Seamus is as consistent as anybody's ever been. Even, Even... and especially during the pandemic, standing out, like because you know when you didn't have a crowd, and the only noise you're getting is the guys hitting each other. Well, you got more noise in the Sheamus match than anybody else's because that boy throws leather. You know, <laughs> sure does. Yeah, he, he's another good one. But he's, you I mean he's been good. He's kind of like a he had that Bret Hart's he has that Bret Hart style of of work that for some reason just takes longer to get the appreciation than an entertainer does. You know. He's not flashy. Yeah, before Brett got his push, he was just as good for years before that. Sure. Just as good. Russell did exact same, you know, exact same style, did a lot of the same moves, was just as good. It just took a while. And then one day he got the push, and you know, it just it just, you know, certain styles take a while. And I think Seamus is there. And he's got that respect now, you know, that that's not gonna go away. You know, you know when he comes out there, you're gonna get a as he says, a banger. That's exactly why he delivers, you know, pretty much every time. Well, Corey, thanks for bringing up Seamus and Gunther because that was my exact next question for you guys. So uh, let me let me direct this in, in Hurricane's direction. So uh, obviously everybody was talking about that match at Clash at the Castle after after it happened just you know a few weeks back uh, as one of just the most hard-hitting and, and unbelievable matches that we've seen. So tonight, they're running it back. It's the rematch. Seamus is going to get another chance at the Intercontinental title against Gunther. From a producer's standpoint in your shoes, Hurricane, what's the thought process when you are tasked with the uh, the rematch, uh, so to speak, trying to live up to the to the level that was already set by the by the first go around? Uh, well, I think at first I'd make sure medical was on standby you know, after watching that first match because these these guys are going to want to outdo it. You know, they're going to want to outdo that match. You know, or do they go into completely different? trajectory and try to do you know smoke and mirrors bring in weapons and stuff like that i don't know i hope not i hope i hope it's just pure man that's what that's why it's been so brilliant that's what i think people want too i think people want that i don't know if they'll have the time that they had at the clash i hope so and it seems the way our shows have been lately you know longer matches i think that there's a chance they might have you know some good time so i would expect that they're going to do everything they can to outdo uh the clash if you like the clash match then I would imagine they're going to try to outdo that tonight. Last question for you guys here before we before we wrap up for the day. Uh, and thanks, Hurricane, for for joining us today and giving us some time. So uh, I in- love rap. <laughs> <laughs> it's my jam. 
In recent weeks uh, here in WWE, we have seen uh, the returns of, of superstars who, who were with the company before, guys like Braun Strowman, Johnny Gargano, uh, the group Hit Row made their return to SmackDown recently. Uh, there is a growing sentiment, so to speak, uh, online and among the fans of the WWE Universe that we may see more stars like this start to make their way back to WWE. What are your guys' thoughts on uh, stars wanting to maybe leave uh, their current situation and 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 try again in WWE or or come back here and uh, kind of a second part to that and this is more towards uh, Hurricane the wrestling landscape as we see it today the sports entertainment landscape is certainly different than it was you know five six seven years ago that, uh, than it is right now in 2022 um, how would you compare what's going on today as as it were uh, in the late 90s early 2000s when you were in your heyday and there were all sorts of different places uh, that that were putting on shows and, and and different different places for for the boys and girls to work well I mean there weren't that many places back then like when the buyouts happened you know Vince sure, bought everybody sure. so then it was just one place to work I think the business is drastically changed from five, six months ago, much less five, six years ago. And I think WWE, WWE is still the top dog. You know, that that just is what it is. So if you if you're in this industry, this is the, you know, the biggest, most successful pro wrestling company there's ever been. So you you want to step in here at some point. And so I understand guys coming back, you know, I mean, uh, and wanting to come back. And if, you know, if they aren't happy and if they want to leave, then I understand that too. That's advice I have given uh talents Throughout my career, you know, even before I was a producer, you know, I remember going up to Brock when he was leaving to go play for the uh, Vikings or to go even try out. And I was like, hey, man, that's, you know, it's cool. You're doing what you want to do. And I remember a lot of guys being heated. You know, Yo, man, hell with that guy leaving us. You know, he needs to be here. But man, it's his life. You know, if he's, you know, he didn't like traveling. He still doesn't. That's why, hey, that's why he doesn't travel much. But I was like, hey, man, I mean, just, you know, you got to live your life and whatever makes you happy, you know, you know, go do that. But. You know, WWE, you know, we are the number one entity in this industry. So uh, why wouldn't you want to be here? And if it could be done creatively and and in, and so far, I feel like all the returns have been really well done. I can't think of any that came off bad. So uh, it's all been, you know, it's all good. I would, there's a lot I would like to see come back. There's definitely a lot, you know, I mean, the WWE universe to me doesn't die just because you leave. You're still there. You know, I was still hurricane. There was still, you know, when I left in 2010, it wasn't like the hurricane just, you know, got Thanos snapped and never came back. You know, you got to you can always come back. This is, you know, this is a livelihood for a lot of people. And it's it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle unlike anybody else or anything else in the world. So I, I understand people getting burned out and some people left of their own volition. Some people. Not uh, didn't really have a say in the matter, but they're coming back into the fold. I think it's exciting. I think it's cool that a lot of people who may not have gotten the opportunity six months or a year ago are going to get this shot, going to get this chance to succeed at the highest level. But at the same exact time, I think those people need to be hyper aware of the fact that the, there's still a pipeline. We still got NXT. You still got a lot of hungry men and women who are waiting for their shot. So maybe your margin for error isn't quite what it would have been had you not left or had you stayed on top or, or, or not stumbled or whatever it was that, that led to your exit to begin with. I think everybody just needs to be very, very aware that the business, to Shane's point, is arguably healthier than it's ever been right now. You've got a ton of hungry, hungry men and women, not only in WWE, not only in NXT, all over the world, in different companies, on the independents right now, and there are only so many spots. So when you're coming back, you better be prepared to go out there and, and bat for 300 
because anything less is going to be like, oh, well, you know, we've got this guy in AAA waiting and he's been hitting home runs every night. (laughs) You know, that's just the the nature of the beast, the nature of the business. But I I agree with Shane. I think it's I think it's very, very exciting. It's a great time to, to be in the sports entertainment world, particularly under this big black and red flag. Yeah, it was like, you know, what made the Rumble exciting forever was the surprise returns. And now, you know, that's not relegated just to Rumble. That could be at any point in time. I just like to go on the record to say on my own platform, on After the Bell, that my favorite surprise return at the Royal Rumble of all time took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Don't say me. (laughs) Don't say me because you called me a fat when I came out. This is this is what I was alluding to at the top. <laughs> yeah, don't so don't say me. Don't try to suck up. Now I come out, you know, I'm 40 plus in some tight tight spandex, can barely breathe, get the one of the biggest pops of my career. And on the microphone, I can hear it. I can hear Coy. I can't. I couldn't hear. <laughs> I didn't even think it was that bad, oh, but apparently some Twitter fans did. Um, I thought it was real within the wheel. I, I saw Shane not too long afterwards, and he said, "We got to talk. <laughs> I got to have a conversation <laughs> with you." What was it you said? You made it, it was, was a, it was a cheesesteak steak joke. I, I referenced t- Tony Luke's, I think, which is, I mean, if you're gonna make, yeah, 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 if yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. make a cheesesteak reference <laughs> in Philly, you got to go Tony Luke's, right? I mean, at least I gave you the right one. Oh my god, that was such a great moment for you. Want to talk about moments in my career? I was so. I don't know if I ever tell you, but the reason I ran to the ring was because I couldn't hear my music anymore. Oh. Because the people were so loud. You know, and there's a moment with the dun to the dun kind of gets a little low. Yeah. But the people were so loud, I was like, oh, shit, they cut my music off. Oh. And as you know, if they cut my music off, that means you mean get you your ring, right? and you're taking too long. <laughs> and so that's why I was like, oh, you know, and I tried not to show up, but that's what went through my mind, you know. And then, then I did the spot with Cena real quick, and, uh, you know, it all went out the way it was supposed to, but. That was really weird. That was such a big ovation, and I wasn't expecting it to be that big, but Philly will always be in my heart because of that. Well, extreme rules. We're heading Nothing back right around the corner. I can't wait to get there. Shane, this was fun, man. Alex, thank you for hanging out. Yeah, man. This, was, this was a blast. I enjoyed this. Let's do part two. Sounds good, man. Uh, I mean, if Vic's, Vic's getting married, he, who knows? He may be stuck in Italy for the next six to nine months. Who who knows? Uh, that's, I'm speaking things into existence. No. <laughs> Love you, Vic. Kidding. There, there could be worse things than being stuck in That's Italy, right. though. I got to be honest. Hurricane, before I let you go, where can uh, the ATB fans find you and what you are up to on social media? At ShaneHelms.com is cross-platform everything. No matter what social media you're at, it's at ShaneHelms.com because my website is ShaneHelms.com, which I've had for 50 years. So. Not only is he a superhero, he's super logical. It all makes sense. Well, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. Send him some well wishes. Let him enjoy this week. Uh, make sure you're listening to us for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. After the Bell.